Welcome back, everyone, to another episode of the Mitts and Twigs podcast. I am your main man, Mitts. And uh, before I ask you, Twigs, how you are and you start, I just want to remind everybody this is a hockey podcast. Uh, we don't talk about other sports in this podcast. There's no reason to discuss or bring up other sports in this podcast. Uh, so let's just, with that in mind, how you doing, Twigs? Debating me. He wants me to bring up the Lions. He wants it. He needs it. He needs somebody to comfort him. He needs somebody to, to come the, you know, I'm good. I have to trim all this. I'm going to trim all this content. I'm not going to trim it all. I'm, I'm good. I'm great. Kansas right now is beating Oakland at the time of the recording, only by one point. But we still got three wins. You know, learning, you know, knowing how to close out a game. Didn't just get shut out by the Pats. I'm great. Uh, I'm doing well. Thanksgiving weekend, favorite time of weekend, uh, favorite time of the year. You get around a favorite time of the weekend. What am I talking about? Favorite time of the year. Get around with a bunch of family. We went uh, went and visited uh, my wife's family for for the day. Uh, rode some horses. Did all that fun jazz. It was great. Um, had a blast. How about you? Very cool. Uh, yeah. Uh, well, it was uh, had a birthday to kick the weekend off, which was nice. Celebrated right. with some friends. Had some uh, had some had well wishes there, which was nice. And then uh, got together with some more friends. Some overlap, some new friends uh, uh, on the weekend as well, just to have some dinner uh, and just to hang out and had a real great time. Real nice weekend, real nice connected family weekend. Yeah. Would, yeah. would you like me to sing happy birthday now? Or no, like... not at all. No. Happy, happy birthday. It's Mitt's birthday. Happy. Okay, I'm sorry. I, at least you didn't get us hit with a copyright infringement there. Uh, <laughs> gang, this week, uh, we are going to talk the Western Conference. Uh, we're going to preview the teams, uh, their outlooks for, for this upcoming season, and you know maybe a little sprinkle of beyond, if it makes any sense in there. Uh, please, if you haven't already, go listen to the Eastern Conference final breakdown we had last week. You don't have to listen to them in order, but you might as well, right? Just keep yourself uh, from being confused. Before we dive into that, uh, real quick, I just wanted to say uh, how gross it is to hear about uh, everything that's coming out about Ian Cole. And uh, I know some people out there will say this, and th this is, you know, still has not been found guilty. Uh, all of this is, is hearsay or, or accusations or whatnot. Um, it's, it's really gross even if it's only partially true or, or whatever it is, it's hard to imagine it's not at all true. And really more so than that, even if we just ignore Ian Cole, because the guy's a nobody, he's already shown there's a history there. I think we all, guys, we've all been in a situation at some point in our lives where we've heard buddies talking. We've maybe done the talking. Uh, and I think that that's something we really need to reflect on, if nothing else. We can ignore, ignore Ian Cole. It sounds like he's the scum of the earth. Got no time for him. Don't care. But one of the things in the article that I remember hearing about, reading about, is that uh, all, of his, all of his teammates knew. And that immediately struck a chord with me, because I, I know I've been in those locker rooms. I've been around with the boys when they're telling stories. And, you know, so often, so many of these stories, they are embellishments or they're not true or they're just bull. But fellas, we gotta start calling each other out on that stuff because it's not cool. It's uh, it's disgusting behavior really. And uh, yeah, I just, we, we gotta move on from that stuff. We, we have to bury that kind of stuff in the past and move forward. That's all I really wanna say on it. I don't wanna talk much more about 
that that person, that individual, his family now has to contend with all of this, which I can't imagine it for them. I can't imagine it for the women that have been previously involved. Um, just ridiculous um, and just awful. And just, just it, let's let's move on. Let's move on. We need a we need a hockey culture button like the Staples button where like almost every pod episode Matt has no word no idea where I'm going with this um, where every episode we hit it and it goes wah 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 or something like sad or like tragic you know yeah I don't know what's with this sport right now and, and you know it's actually good that all this stuff is coming out um, it's better than it just being you know having a surplus of cash to bury things Hockey Canada but. I will say, um, I hope that the, the, the men in that room, um, that that part wasn't true. I hope, like, I, I don't even know where to go. When I read it, like you, I was kind of like dumbfounded. I was like, oh, what? Especially with the Ian Cole scandal that happened earlier this summer. I, I don't have much more to add than what you added. I thought you said it beautifully. Um, I will applaud the Tampa Bay Lightning to do for doing what's right, like right away. See you later, cool. We're gonna investigate this. We're taking like this, this young victim's uh, word for what she's saying as in true, and um, we're gonna address it ourselves. And that's good because what we just witnessed with Chicago and all that last year, that wasn't yeah. the case. So I applaud them and that organization. I thought they handled that well. Um, Ian Cole, you're a douchebag, my guy. You're a douchebag. Yeah. And uh, I'm sorry to that, that, that young individual. And I'm sorry to um, actually, I'm, I feel for his family too, in, in the sense that they have to deal with a lot of this. So mm-hmm. yeah, I won't go on. Let's, let's, uh, let's move on. But yeah, hockey, let's, let's figure our shit out here. Yeah. Yeah. That's it. We don't want to dwell on that stuff. The whole reason that we do this because we're trying to bring fun to the game, but we don't want to ignore those kinds of things. Here we are. Let's go. We're going to dive right into the Pacific Division, right out of that. No clean cut at all. Just completely switching gears. Sorry, gang. We're going to dive in deep. <laughs> yeah, that's all the seriousness you're going to hear for the next 45 minutes or so. So you've got that looked forward to. First team in the Pacific, we've got the Seattle Kraken. Now, I've been dogging the Seattle Kraken for some time now, uh, almost since their inception. Uh, Ty, what do you think? <laughs> I'm just going to leave that there. What do you think about the Kraken's outlook this season? What are they going to do? What's crazy is last year, I remember the preseason predictions. They had like Seattle Kraken above uh, Vancouver, above Calgary. I think they were right below Edmonton. Actually, they might have been ahead of Edmonton at the point, at one point, um, mostly for goaltending and defense. And then that just disappeared on them. Um, Seattle Kraken, Seattle Kraken, they're clearly uh, getting their footing in their league. I think Matty Beneers, watch out. This kid is insane. Four goals, four games. Uh, I watched him play against the Calgary Flames. The kid is electric. He had a great little stint before the end of the year last year. I think they're deep down the center. Shane Wright, Wenberg, Gord, Beneers. I love the Burakowski ad. Like, that's a steal for them. And also um, the Oliver Bjorkstrand uh, ad that uh, Columbus had to get rid of to make room for that little little fella. Um, But, yeah, 
that bad mother effer, um, Johnny Gaudreau. But yeah, Oliver's now in Seattle. I think they're deep on the wing. I think they have a pretty solid decor, and they're they're a mid team. They're an average team, though. They might be fighting for a for a spot there, but I'm not too high on them. No, no. Veneers uh, and Wright are going to be really exciting. I think that that's one thing that uh, Seattle is going to be able to have said about their hockey this year that uh, they probably couldn't say last year is I think a lot of their games are going to be interesting and fun to watch. Uh, but this team is still years away, in my opinion. Um, you know, but watch uh, out. Yeah. Watch out. Like Beneers and Shane Wright down like five years down the road, that team's going to be set down the middle. Oh, yeah. No, these guys are going to be really fun to watch if they don't screw it up in like three years and probably have make a lot of noise. I feel like this is a team that if they got really hot this year, then they might, you know, might be able to get into the playoff race. Uh, but at best, this is a bubble team. And realistically, I think despite uh, the excitement around those guys and the talented signings that they brought in, I, I really don't think they're going to be in contention per se. Um, but you never know. I mean, we do know they're, they stink, but they're going to be more fun to watch. <laughs> Moving down the coast. Analysis. Excellent analysis by us on the Seattle Kraken. Yeah, they're going to be fun. <laughs> Moving down the coast and maybe, maybe up the standings. Uh, we've got the Anaheim Ducks. The not-so-mighty Anaheim Ducks. I don't know, Ty. I think this is a bubble team at best. I think they are confused about where they are and with their identity uh, because of the success that they had early last year. I think this is a rebuilding team. And I think that they're still a couple of years away, realistically, especially with the nonstop rumors that, you know, when there's smoke, there's fire, that, that Gibson may be moved at some point this season. As I said, for me, that, that sums it up. They are a bubble team at best. Uh, probably not going to really be a threat for the playoffs. What do you think? Get, do you got more hope for Anaheim? I think no. I have zero hope for Anaheim. I think they're a team with no identity, right? I think you have Trevor Zegras, Electric. I think their prospect pool is amazing. Um, yeah. I really do. I, and again, I think they're – which is crazy – I think they're a little bit behind the Seattle Kraken. Like if I were going to take roster for roster, I would take Seattle's over uh, Anaheim. Uh, John Gibson, I think Anaheim's tried to move him. I think they've tried to move that cap. I think they've tried to do all those things. He has the power. Doesn't want to be moved. Um, they signed Ryan Strom to try and get deeper uh, down the center in a pretty center-stacked Pacific division. So that was a pretty solid uh, ad. John Klingberg, that was just kind of weird. He didn't really have any options. And Anaheim's like, oh, hey, we have cast face. Let us pay you. And it's mm -hmm. for one year, seven mil. So really, is it going to help him this year? Yeah, it might, you know, take some pressure off for Jamie Drysdale. I don't know. Um, yeah, I just, I look at their team and it's underwhelming. Yeah. It's Adam Henrique, Trevor Zegers, Frank Rochano, Mason McTavish. Should be amazing. But again, it's year one, right? Like it's going to be his first full pro year. Um, Comtois really has been underwhelming. I, again, they're just kind of, they're a team that screams no identity. Electric players, yes. Uh, identity, no. So, no, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not high on the Anaheim Ducks and I probably see them missing probably by 15, maybe, you know, 20 points easily. That, that's kind of yeah. where I see them. Yeah, fair enough. 
All right, I think we're two for two so far uh, in our doom forecast here. Uh, <laughs> staying, staying in state, San Jose. Uh, now, I think a lot of. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Good to start off with a positive. Um, I've got these guys as having a confused roster. Like, what are they doing? I think that, I think they had some hope a year and a half ago that they were going to run it back, that they were still relevant. Uh, but at this point, barring uh, Vlasic and uh, Carlson finding their all-star level play, I just don't see it. They've got several players over 30 signed to many, many more years. Uh, they've got younger players uh, like uh, the, the, Timo Meyer, who's on an expiring contract. Yep. These guys are locked into what seems like a really long run in the basement financially. Uh, and, and I don't know, I can't help but wonder, like there's some guys there that, uh, is it is it just like the ultimate lifestyle you know, is it, is it, you know, can they just live there that they're making good money? It's comfortable, maybe nice weather. They could probably just wander about and be normal human beings in that area. Like I can't help but feel like it's almost like at this point, a lifestyle first, if we have to have to play some important games later in the year, that's great. But uh, that's not what they're there for, you know, in summary, I, I again, I, I don't think San Jose is even a bubble team. I think that they're going to be out of it. Well, well uh, into the year but bedard watch put him on the bedard watch yeah I think that's that's fair. um i think this is the this is the conclusion of what happens when you're going for it every year right mm -hmm. they, san jose was a threat for years after year after year they got every big fish they 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 were always in they were even in the john tavares watch right like this team was deadly, and I think people forget. It's kind of like the Detroit Red Wings when they were making the playoffs every single year. This is what happens when you're in those modes. Calgary, this is what Calgary is going to look like in, in five years. The same thing. You're paying players to win now, not later, right? There's always going to be that time. And this is what's happening. They're just living with it. it now, they, they made some weird choices, and ownership must be confused too. Um, why would you pay Thomas Hurdle? that much cap when you you, you have t a terrible cap situation where you like teams usually at this cycle of their of their life uh life um is usually taking on bad contracts from other teams that, and teams are paying mm -hmm. picks and all that kind of stuff. this team has no room for that zero they ate money to get rid of brent burns okay yeah that makes sense whatever but again i this team is this team is closer to the bottom than even closer to the middle. Like this is a bottom feeder team. Timo Meyer, great player. He won't be there next year. Trade him for every asset you can, because yeah. and again, look at what like Calgary and look at what oh, I, I don't love using this one, but even Chicago, they moved to Brinkett. You have to understand where you are in your life cycle as a franchise, and right now you're in a life cycle that's like, yeah, I'm not going to be very good okay yeah right and um that's where they are it makes no sense for them to keep timo meyer pay get rid of everything you got for him again i think they've drafted well the last couple of years thomas hurdle still makes no sense to me 
I still yeah. have no sense. I'm like, why? What does that do for you? Yeah, I get you. And, and I feel like that was a strange one in the sense that, yeah, they, and why would you sign there for that? You know, maybe you love it there. Maybe you're very happy. That's fine. No judgment there. If somebody was paying me that much money, I'd probably be settled in pretty happy too. But uh, yeah, there, there's, can't imagine they're being remotely competitive in the next four to five years uh, unless there's a mass retirement among some of these players or if they just somehow get on LTIR. I don't wish that on any of them, but there's just right now looking over things, I don't see how they make this anything but yeah, just the down years in San Jose. They've had a lot of great, great teams that you know, couldn't quite get over it, but we're always in contention and then always had hope. And I think that, like like you said, I think that's over now. They're going to have to spend a couple of years in the basement. Unfortunately, due to the contracts that they have signed, it's probably going to be a, a lot longer before they can actually dig themselves back out. Yeah, it's like, and I'm sure we're going to talk about this next team. Uh, the LA Kings got something out of always being really good, right? They got a couple of Stanley Cups out of it. Now you're yep. looking at the San Jose Sharks that were just as good in the regular season, not so great in the playoffs, but they got nothing. And now they're, they're still dealing with those bad contracts. And um, LA won some Stanley Cups and addressed that they were not going to be competitive at all and sucked for quite a few years. And now they look to be on the other side of it. So I don't know. It's interesting. It'll be fun. to. It actually won't be fun to watch. I'm sorry, San Jose fans. It won't be fun to watch. Aren't they 0-2 already? Like, aren't they? <laughs> Are they going to or one? I don't know. It, it happened in Europe. It doesn't count. No, it counts. Not going to pull it up. But I think they're on too. Weirdest schedule ever. It made no sense. Yeah. I, I, yeah. I don't know. I, I, I feel you there. I, I don't think it made any sense to have this oh, oh. delayed start for the rest of the league and, and kick them off. Not just saying that because it's annoying for fantasy purposes. <laughs> Mostly saying that because it's annoying for fantasy purposes. Staying in state, like you mentioned, let's talk about those LA Kings. Because if there is a California team that does have a glimmer of hope this year, I think, like you said, I think it is LA. I, I've got them down as a real dark horse. Uh, you know, if Drew Dowdy comes back healthy. I can't believe I'm saying this because I think I'd written him off for a couple of years already, but he, he really seemed to round back into form last year. I don't know if it was just he was finally feeling energized by the fact that other talented players were there playing again. Uh, but uh, yeah, they, that defensive core is strong. The goaltending is good enough with the tandem they've got back there. And, you know, they, they gave fits in the, to the flames in the playoffs there. The, and the, up front they've improved you know last year they brought in deno and that really helped the center depth um they brought in fiala now so that's going to help out with some of that scoring presumably yeah i don't know i think i really think i think los angeles is i don't want to say a lock to make the playoffs of course uh but i have them in the playoffs and like i said i i think they're a bit of a dark horse this is a team that has a lot of good pieces there and that could be if, if things break right, could be a real tough out for just about anybody. Yeah, this is this is a team that, like we were talking about with San Jose, <clears throat> that knew where they were in their life cycle, and they they have a lot of young players on entry-level deals. Uh, they have two studs still that I still can't believe are, like, around and just superstars and Anze Kopitar and Drew Doughty. Drew Doughty was a baller last year, and not a baller because – different sport but still he was he was a stud 
Um, Drew Doughty was he amazing. played well. Yeah, he played really well until the injury. Um, and then they added Kevin Fiala, who is like I don't know, underrated. Could you say he played second line in Minnesota and didn't really get the spotlight at all? They had this, you know, this guy named Kaprizov who, you know, pretty good, not too shabby. Um, they have Kempe, they have Victor Arvidsson, they have Arthur Kaliev, who is going to be a really good player. It's it's going to be interesting to see because Quinton Byfield is still on the third line there or projected to be on the third line. And that's because of the exceptional play of Philip Deneau. Uh, one of the quietest um, free agent signings last year, two years ago. And it, it was amazing. They gave the Edmonton Oilers, was it six games or seven? I thought it was seven. They went, they went to seven. Yeah, correct. I, I said they gave Calgary Fist the playoffs. It was Edmonton. I love Trevor Moore, uh, Alex Ayafala. Like that team is deep. Yeah. Everybody keeps talking about how the Pacific is not good. All these teams in the Pacific, other than Seattle, well, even Seattle is okay. Other than San Jose and um, Anaheim, they're all really deep. Like at one point in their in their roster depth, they're deep. And I, I'm 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 riding high on the LA Kings. I think they're they're going to be really good this year. Yeah. Well, let's come right back up that coast, mm. and uh, let's go to where I'm living right now, the Vancouver Canucks. Nice. I have been spouting about the Canucks for a little while now, yep. you know, being my adopted city and all. But why don't you tell me, looking at this team, looking at what's going on into this season, what do you see? Deepest center ice uh, organized organizational depth in probably, and I don't know, I don't say the whole league, but maybe top three, like JT Miller, Elias Pedersen, Bo Horvat. You got Bo Horvat on the third line right now. And with uh, Pod Kolzig and Holglander, and then you got Kazmenko, who has been a stud this preseason. He's been really good. Um, yeah. And then Tanner Pearson and Garland. Um, and they have some injuries right now. Mikheyev is out. Uh, I, I don't even know what the injury is for Mikheyev, but I, I'd love him to be back. Brock Besser isn't even in yet. This team is this team is good, and and they have probably top two goalie in the in the division. I, I'm. It's tough because you got the Kings, you got the, the Golden Knights. I don't know. They'll somehow do it. The Flames, the Oilers, and the Canucks. Those are five really good teams. And you look at that forward group of the Canucks, and you're like, oh, my God. The only problem is the defense. Tucker Pullman, not good. Uh, Jack Rathbone, he'll be okay, right? We still don't really know what he is. Luke Shen is on your first pair. I don't know. It's it. That's their only hole, but I, I still think they're going to be fighting for their lives. And Bruce Boudreaux is, I know you were singing a song last year and I wasn't giving you any credit. He he's a stud. He's really good at what he does. And we've seen that, seen that in the regular season, oh, every, every year in his NHL coaching career, he's been good in the regular season. So I'm sure the Canucks will be too. Yeah. Yeah. I think that I've got them down as playoff bound. I don't know if I think of them as a true contender and for pretty much exactly what you said um, when Boudreaux came in and, and kind of put in that North South game versus Travis Green's more mm -hmm. of his just like East West, it <laughs> really opened up and it really played into what they actually, their skill set is, which is mind boggling because I didn't, he didn't have to make any changes to the players. He just looked at the players that they had already brought in and thought, what are you doing with these guys? These guys need to run. These guys want to try to score. This is the, the talent here is, is meant to do 
um, all the young guys, all the Russians you just mentioned, the, the Europeans and, and there that you brought up, that's a lot of them, not to typecast, that's a lot of what they can do well is also. So like you're going to get, uh, you got, as you said, center depth, you're going to have some some really talented scoring depth there. And Dr. Demko, one of the best in the league and arguably still just hitting his prime. I think he's 26 years old. It's unbelievable. Yeah. But that defense is a question. And they, I think, and I think that's what holds me back from putting them in terms of an actual contender uh, because Quinn Hughes is pretty great, but still hasn't really hit the level that I think we'd like to assign him, you know, um, maybe it's not fair because some of his like his contemporaries are, uh, are further along or, or much more solid in what they're doing, but a lot of them are also probably a little bit better supported. Uh, yeah. I think his actual line mate right now is pairing mate is uh, Oliver Ekman Larson, who, if the Canucks have any hope of being real contenders, he needs to find his form again um, that he had. But it's been many years. It would be quite a flashback. Uh, he did play pretty well for them for the most part last year, but really wasn't uh, what a lot of people were hoping. So it it, it really hit bringing, bringing him in was a, a final uh, just – Fu from the from the outbound management at the time really trading away, having been in cap purgatory and trading away three or four I can't remember what it was expiring bad contracts for one bad contract with six or seven years left like that's actually really one of the things that when you look at them moving forward even going to the next couple of years they really they they should bring back Brock Brock's on an expiring or not Brock. Um, Bo is on an expiring contract this year. They really should bring him back because all the pieces are there for them to contend the next few years. Uh, but they, they, they've got too much money tied up in, in OEL. Um, so if he doesn't find that form, that's going to be tough. No one's going to want to take that on. They may have to end up moving money like, say, a Connor Garland to make sense for things, which is unfortunate because he's a real spark plug out there for them. But uh, all right. I think we both agree that they're possibly – Likely playoff bound, uh, certainly contender for the playoffs, but not a contender for the title. Yeah, again, the 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 defense. I, actually, I do want to ask since you're you're there right now. Um, well, you're there all the time. What's the hype like? Like, what is the hype in the city? Like, are they holy frick? Let's it, go, or is it like optimistic? Is it nervous? Is it? You know, it is, it is a, uh, it's a bit, it's a, you know, how you hear about uh, how kind of negative and toxic the, the, the media vibe, the fan vibe is here. Uh, it's not totally unearned. Um, I think that, I think that the outside view of, of what Vancouver has as a franchise is higher than, than what people actually in the area see when they see their team. Uh, I think they're too close to it really to appreciate that not everything has to be perfect and that they have a lot of talent um, and just to get beyond all the other stuff. And of course, Aquilini, the ownership is uh, going through lawsuits. Right? Very, yeah, is, is adult children um, are suing him over uh, physical and mental abuse. So again, not really uh, the type of vibes you want around a team that's trying to make something happen. Uh, but if anybody can make the fans 
and the players focus on the on ice product, it's our man Brucey B, who is just the most cheerful and wonderful son of a gun. Yeah. I love his so. I will say just to rub a little salt in the Canucks, Dylan Gunther made the made the, the coyotes this year. He was, you know, the stud that you gave away for OEL. Uh <clears throat> just saying, you know, yeah, be good. But the good news is that Jake Vertanen did not get signed by the uh, Oilers. That guy sucks. Okay. And it's good. And even if anybody like wants to make the argument, and I saw plenty of it on Twitter, the argument that he didn't get charged, he's still terrible at hockey. Like terrible yeah. at hockey. Yeah. Like not good at all. So it doesn't matter which which argument you want to take on it. Yeah, that guy's terrible. Those, yeah, you're going to lose those arguments. So terrible hockey player, mm-hmm. terrible person. Mm-hmm. Easy, easy peasy. Uh, <laughs> let's see. Let's 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 go over to a team that has. I think you've been enjoying checking them of late. Hmm. Um, the Vegas Golden Knights. Yeah. This okay. is a team that, uh, if you want to speak about talking about San Jose, who who really pulled out all the stops, went for so many years. Uh, Vegas went hard and fast after those t- those championship possible runs, and they're I mean they're not they're not out of it yet. Definitely higher on Vegas than you are. I would t- I would say that. I don't know. I don't I don't want to get this. I don't want to get this to become a thing where we end up trying to compete with each other and, and, and move Vegas into contention. I got Vegas as a bubble team um, who could potentially they could be more. If their goaltending surprises us, with Robin Leonard basically out for the year, um, it's a uh, they got but Aiden Hill, um, Logan, what's his name, and I think Michael Hutchinson. Back they have there. Aiden Hill. I think they've well, got Aiden Hill. Yeah. They got Logan Thompson. Thompson, yeah. <laughs> I'll check it. Aiden Hill. <laughs> I, I swear they don't have Aiden Hill. Now I got to Google this. They got Logan. Uh, Thompson. Well, According to my according to my good friends at Cap Friendly, they've got Aiden Hill. Why is he not on the? Is he in the AHL? I mean, they they Cap Friendly's got him on the on the NHL roster under a one year contract. Well, I know yeah. he was traded. I just didn't think it was to Vegas. Yeah. Well, Aiden Hill might be there, but Logan Thompson is definitely the the horse that they're going to be riding. Um, and Bruce, yeah. we saw a backup. Yeah, I. I am actually higher on the Vegas Golden Knights than I, I think many are. I, I think Petrangelo, Martinez, McNabb, freaking Shea Theodore, who is underrated as can be, that's a solid top four. Um, I think Phil Kessel is going to bounce back finally. Like, what did he? What did he say? It's going to be finally nice where winning is encouraged or something like that. He came out with that statement. <laughs> I was like, Jesus, that's amazing. <clears throat> yeah, they're not. They're not as good as as what they used to be. I think Chandler Stevenson is a solid center that doesn't get, you know, enough recognition. Uh, William Carlson is absolute trash. Like, I'm just saying, he's terrible. And that guy cashed in, so good for him. But Jack Eichel, Mark Stone is still there. Riley Smith is still a stud. Um, and then Jonathan Marcheseau, also really good. I don't know. I just – you just – we become so accustomed to, like, Vegas being really good at hockey – and yeah, just being good. And last year, I don't think I'd want those injuries on any other team than Vegas. Like the the injury bug that they had, that was amazing. Like to watch, not for the players, but just like the downfall that they had for one year. Um, 
but yeah, I just can't see them staying down. Jack Eichel's going to cook this year. Mark Stone's going to be, hopefully, his back is feeling a lot better. And I think Logan Thompson is a, a solid goalie. And he did well when uh, Leonard wasn't in there last year. So, yeah, give me give me uh, Vegas making the playoffs. Give it to me. Lock it in. It's not a bubble team. They're locked in number three team in the Pacific. Wow. Yeah, I think Bruce Cassidy being there um, is going to be, uh, I mean, it, it's going to be interesting, if nothing else. But I I, I tend to believe it's going to be good for them they've got a probably one of the more solid decors in the league period um and uh and talented forwards that uh, can play you know two-way hockey can score goals and uh yeah i don't know i think it'll be interesting it probably be one of the first times to my opinion one of the first times uh since their first year that uh, they're going to maybe be able to have a little bit of a chip on their shoulder um which you know Sports oftentimes uh, works it on the ice. Goaltending is the question. You can, they don't have to do a lot back there with that defense in front of them, depending on what kind of system and, and what, how they play. But there are some talented teams. We've gone through a lot of them. I've got two more to go that uh, are going to be putting the puck in the net. So that's, that's the only thing is that if Logan Thompson doesn't fulfill your uh, fantasy wish, uh, and I'm in that in both senses. Uh, then I don't know. I don't know if Aiden Hill is going to be enough to carry them all the rest of the way. And Laurent Brossois is, uh, is on uh, IR at the moment. Um, but uh, yeah, we shall see. We shall see. All right. So you've got them locked in. I'm saying a bubble team, uh, but the goaltending still puts me off a little bit. Let's, let's go to your home province. Oh, yeah, baby. Now, do you want to go for your heart and soul or your hated rival? Which one would you like to kick off first? I'm going to put this um, to you. You just start. Oh, man. Let's get Calgary out of the way. Let's do that. Let's All do right. That. You, want to go, you want to give me your uh, description? I'll tell you. Just I'll tell you what. I'll tell you right now. Yeah. Uh, I think that they are a very strong contender to win the Stanley Cup. The only question that I have for them is – whether or not they're going to be able to come together as a team. You know, they're all professionals. I think they've got so much talent bringing in Kadri, Uyghur, Huberdeau. They're going to be good and they're going to be in the playoffs. But I think that's what it'll really come down to because what they're, what they have there on paper is a team that looks super deep down the middle, rolling lots of dangerous lines, wonderfully deep at defense with both offensive hit hitters in Uyghur and just some solid D and a top five probably goaltender in the league in Markstrom. Mm -hmm. um, you know, as it barring injury, I, I think that they should be a contender for, for the cup, uh, probably a contender for the president's trophy this year, but it does, it's going to come down to chemistry because they're going to be at that. Their ceiling right now is that echelon. So if they can't find that chemistry, if the lines don't really gel and mesh as well as they could or should ideally um, they're still going to win a bunch of games they're still going to pot a bunch of goals but that's a lot of upheaval in the top six that's a lot of change to to go from one cup contending team to going the next year with that much change um, i don't i don't know if i can ever find a comparison to anywhere else where that kind of an overall happened in an off season and it wasn't a drastically different outlook so that's what I have them heavily for me. They're heavily favored to make a strong run for the cup. 
and the president's trophy, but it could come down to chemistry and if they can build it and if they can find it, or if they're just going to be a bunch of really talented guys going to work. Yeah. It's like, what is that? What is the boxing terminology when you, you the king of the bags, right? When you're, you're not ever in the ring, mm-hmm. you're king of the bags. That's kind of what the Calgary flames are right now. They're the king of the paper, right? Like everybody's like, look at that roster on paper. It's, it's unreal. Um, and I know it's only preseason. There's no chemistry. Daryl Sutter's even said it. There's zero chemistry on that first line. And I think the Calgary Flames out of the gate are going to be, are they're going to be slow. And I don't think you should expect anything less. Um, the Miami Heat were slow out of the gate when they added all that LeBron James, Chris Bosch, that huge team. Just saying another basketball analogy. I don't know what it or not analogy comparison. Um, I don't think in my lifetime. I've ever seen a Calgary Flames team deeper than what it is right now. Mm-hmm. I think that's fair to say. Down the middle, um, down the middle, defense, goaltending. Yeah, I've, I don't think I've ever seen it. The only problem is their right wing is weak. Like, it is a weak right side. And, you know, we're hoping that, you know, Dylan Dubé takes a step or, or Tyler Toffoli finally takes a step. But, man, Trevor Lewis – playing your third line right wing as of uh, today, not great, right? Um, I think they're a lock on the team. I don't think they win the division. I just don't because I think they they uh, <clears throat> come out of the gate fairly slow. I could easily see that. But I do see them being top two easily. Once they get on a row, uh, uh, get, get rhythm going, they're going to be, they're going to be really fun to watch. I don't know if you saw Jonathan Huberto's freaking pass that he did the other day uh, in the preseason game, the spin around. Oh my gosh. I am like, my man, he's good looking and talented. That's all you want in a, in a star player. And a little fun announcement. It sounds like the Calgary Flames are going to announce their captain tomorrow, um, which is going to be interesting because a team that just went over that much overhaul, it's shocking that they're announcing a captain. So yeah. I swear there's been two rumors, Michael Backlund. And then a one rumor that's been out is Milan Lucic, which is, I don't know. I don't know what to do. Again, Captains, are they important? But I I don't know. Um, But lock it in. Number two, give me Markstrom. Give me that decor. Give me that middle uh, of the ice. Lindholm, Caudry, Backlund. It's amazing. Uh, And Kevin Rooney. No disrespect, Kevin Rooney. I love you. It's funny that you mentioned Lucic in that (laughs) regard. And I'm sure... You know, it's a, like I said, it's a rumor. Who knows? But that was actually one of the things when I was looking over their roster today, and I thought, wow, that's actually a, a a shining light, a silver lining in that there's so many good pieces right now, but they could really use some chemistry. And, you know, like, well, like you touched on the right wing. Lucic comes off the books next year, presumably. Yeah. And that's a considerable contract, which could help out a great deal and would potentially help them you know that, that's what you always worry about when you're one of these top tier teams is that you're paying a lot of money for everybody so to have that kind of money coming off the books going into the next year and everybody else for the most part coming back would be really exciting but then again if you do make him a captain this year yeah it's hard to imagine not yeah. signing him if you don't assign a captain if you just put a couple a's on people and he's 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 got an a that's fine but that'd yeah. be uh... it, it sure sounds like a captain's coming. I will say that Milan Lucic's cap is already spent and his name is Mackenzie Weger. Um, he just re-signed an eight-year deal uh, 
for an eight-year deal, six point, what is it, two? I think it's 6.2 per year, which is shooted into my veins. This He's amazing, silky smooth skater. I'm excited. But um, yeah, they uh, just lost Yuso Valamaki for free, which is really depressing because there's no first rounders on this team right now. So it's like, what are we doing here? For a GM, that's always like, you never build your team through the draft. I mean, through the trade or free agency, he's done that. His whole team is yeah. built through free agency and trades. There's no drafts other than uh, Dylan Dubé and I guess you could say Michael Backlund and Rasmus Anderson. But yeah, everybody else traded or traded or assigned. But yeah, lock him in number two. I'm excited. Uh, puck drops Thursday. Let's let's do this. I'm not as high. Blame on. Blame I'm not on, as I guess. high. I will say this. You had Stanley Cup contenders. I don't think they're Stanley Cup contenders. I just don't. Maybe yeah. in the sense that I think chemistry is huge. And I think last year you saw what the Calgary Flames with like all those years together, chemistry can really do. Um, you don't know what that is this year. There's no, yeah. like nobody has a real understanding what the Calgary Flames are. Yeah. Yeah, that's fair. Um, well, don't be afraid to dream. Yeah. So, you know, Damn you, you don't, you don't want to be at the, there at the end of the season with me being on record supporting your team more than you so just keep that in mind uh but let's move on to the last and uh what i think we both agree is the best of the pacific division um which probably hurts for you is the edmonton Oilers. um i mean the edmonton Oilers. look at them they've they've got it's gonna cook oh yeah arguably the two best players in the world uh, I had to do a double take today when looking it up to remember that they're 25 and 26 respectively, which means that they, even if they're at their best right now, they probably have several years left, which is crazy. Um, everything about Edmonton says that this next four to five year window, they're just going to go, they're, they're all in, you know, in, in no matter what. And, you know, I'm sure that that could have been said more or less in previous years, but more more so than ever now, spending the money on Kane, uh, spending that money on Jack Campbell, like five-year contract there, um, Yamamoto back for a little bit, uh, for two years, I think it was, uh, Poyarvi back, which they're probably almost certainly trying to flip him because they're really in a cap crunch and they're probably not going to be able to keep him, even though he's very talented and they're probably going to work with him. Hyman, four or five years. Uh, Darnell Nurse is still under contract for the next 75 years, but that is what it is. And uh, yeah, they, they're going to, like a lot of championship caliber teams, the championship hopeful dreams in the off season, they're going to have to make some magic happen to keep things together, but they've got a lot of their biggest, strongest pieces locked up for the next four to five years. And they look good. The, like I just said, this is the best the Calgary flames team I've seen in my lifetime. Like probably like, as a whole, this Edmonton Oilers team is deep. It's deep. And for the one thing we've been crapping on them for years, they finally have solved goaltending. Jack Campbell, Jack Campbell is a dog. Like, and he had a great first half last year. Great first half. Um, and I think he's going to have a great year this year. I, I think it's not going to be hard to play in net for the Edmonton Oilers. I think Evan Bouchard is going to take a huge step. And then that's going to probably take some pressure off of Darnell Nurse. I think one of the best trade acquisitions last trade deadline was Brett Kulak. Nobody talked about it. Edmonton basically like stole him. And then he like re-signed for nothing. They have Tyson Berry there. 
he is what he is, a little offensive weapon. They got rid of Duncan Keith. Ryan Murray is no slouch. Dylan Holloway. I don't know if you've watched any Dylan Holloway highlights this preseason. The kid is a stud. A stud. Another Calgary boy just going to light it up in Edmonton. Depressing, but still. A stud. I think Jesse Pugliarvi is so disrespected by most, especially the Edmonton media. Get off yeah. his back, man. Like, get off his back. You, you Don't you remember doing this to Taylor Hall, Jordan Eberle, Neil Yakupov, rightfully so, but all your young players that you had? Get off Jesse Pugliarvi's back. The kid is a giant. He's got some natural ability. I don't know how you cannot like the player. And you're playing yeah. with Vander Kane and, and Connor McDavid. That's fine. They've, they're probably the best top six in the whole NHL, I think. I would say hard, so. hard. Yeah, it's hard. Yeah. With, with Connor McDavid and Dry Settle in there, it's, it's how can you? And, and you got to think Nugent Hopkins is going to be slotted up there for a big majority of the season. You just don't know where it's going to be, but he will be. It yeah. seems to happen every year. Look out. Like, look out. That team is, they're hungry. He's hungry. You saw him last postseason. He basically carried like his whole team on his back and almost like got through Stanley Cup finals. And now they've like fixed the holes or supposedly fixed the holes. I don't know. I'm, I, I hate saying this. I'm excited to watch the Edmonton Oilers. I really am. Just as a hockey fan, I'm excited yeah. to see what they can do. Leon Dreisaitl, Connor McDavid, lock it in. Number one, they're going to win the Western. They're going to be the best team in the, the NHL easily. Best team. Yeah. They, and they did all that last year um, with the eternal Mike Smith. I mean, to it doesn't matter I, to me. It doesn't matter what you think of Jack Campbell. You have to be able to acknowledge that the team in front of him is so good, and it's probably going to be averaging four and a half goals a game, if not more. Mm-hmm. That it's going to he does not going to have to do that much. He's not going to have to play hero hockey very often. Um, you'd probably be able to mix Skinner in there to try to keep him fresher and keep him ready for a playoff run. And as much as I know you love uh, to dunk Darnell Nurse, and in the playoffs last year, we both bagged on him, but it was because he was hurt. To me, he was hurt, and he shouldn't have been out there. And Are it would have made, to me, would have made more sense to let him heal up and try to get him back, even if it was like at 70% for a conference final, whereas he was clearly a liability on Nays because of his injury. It certainly wasn't getting better throughout the playoffs. Uh, but assuming he comes back healthy and ready to play, he is an impact player back there for them. And yeah, they should. I, I do I do think Calgary, um, if they can hit their stride early enough, I understand your, your, uh, you know, your, your thoughts on that. But I think if Calgary hit their stride, early enough doesn't have to be right away they can challenge for the division lead a little bit um i just don't think calgary or edmonton is the type to fully run away with things the way colorado did last year mm. but yeah edmonton got to be a favorite for the president's trophy is a favorite to win the pacific division and a hundred percent of stanley cup contender i love it yeah. i love it i agree